you so much for joining us today on episode number 169 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we have a very special episode with one of our Real Life Runners, Mrs. Nima Palma Maples. Nima shares her story with us, which includes a journey through cancer and autoimmune disease and how she has fought her way through these obstacles to truly take charge of her health. This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, runners, so welcome. We are in for another treat today with one of our real-life runners, Nima Palma Maples. We are so excited to share this episode with you. I just had such a great time speaking with Nima. She is an absolute inspiration, how she has dealt with some of the health challenges that she has encountered in her life. Now, those of you that are members of our real-life runners training team or our real-life runners tribe, you all know Nima very well. And she inspires all of us on a daily basis. I know that's, that is so true because I can see how she affects the people that she interacts with inside of our group. So Nima, thank you so much for coming on the show today and for sharing your story with us and for sharing your journey daily with us inside of our Real Life Runners training team and our tribe. We appreciate you so much. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't registered yet, you still have plenty of time to register for our virtual challenge at the end of the year here. You can choose 5K, 10K, half marathon, whatever distance you'd like. It's a virtual challenge to help support the podcast and also help raise money for the Girls Gotta Run Foundation who seeks to empower girls and women in Ethiopia through running, education, and entrepreneurship. It's a fantastic organization. So we'd love to invite you to join us um, to both support the podcast and support this amazing foundation with um, part of your registration and all the donations will be going to the Girls Gotta Run Foundation. So if you haven't registered yet, please register in the month of November. Registration is only $10 and you can use the code IRUNMYLIFE to get 10% off all swag, any shirts or medals, any add-ons that you want to add on to your registration. You can find out more information if you go to realliferunners.com forward slash race. All right, so now on to our episode. I asked Nima to write a little bio about who she is, and this is what she has to say. Hi, I'm Nima Palma Maples, a 53-year-old wife and mother of three kind, caring, and creative young men. Prior to my cancer diagnosis, I worked as an office assistant at a local elementary school. I am a steering committee member of the Inland Empire Multiple Myeloma Support Group. In my spare time, I love to spend time with family and friends, read, listen to music, and learn as much as possible about health and fitness. I am thankful for my support system, which includes my family, friends, and three coaches, Kevin, Angie, and Derek, my gym and running family. I want to give an honorable mention to my parents, Hugo and Rebecca, two immigrants from Ecuador who instilled me with determination, perseverance, and inspiration. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to share my journey. I am truly honored. Honestly, Nima, we are the ones that are truly honored that you have chosen to be a part of the Real Life Runners team and also to share your story with our entire audience. So thank you again. Let's start that interview. All right. So we're here with one of our Real Life Runners, Nima Palma Maples. Welcome, Nima. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Real Life Runners podcast. 
Thank you. I'm honored, truly honored. So we started, I mean, I know that I first connected with you. I'm pretty sure it was on Instagram, you know, that I started to kind of um, follow your story. Like you and I kind of started messaging back and forth. And then she became part of our um, Facebook group on um, the, the Real Life Runners Tribe. And then she joined our Facebook, um, or not our Facebook, joined our Real Life Runners training team. Um, when was that? When did you join us? In March? A April, I looked. Okay. I, I noticed that April 9th. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. So, so awesome. And so you've been a part of the training team since then. And, you know, since then we've gotten to know Nima um, pretty well. And we've just been able to be a part of her journey and her story and her experience with running. And um, throughout this whole time, I've just watched her and I feel like she is a true inspiration to so many of us. And so many of us can really gain a lot from Nima's story. Um, so let's get into that story now so that we can, you know, our listeners can learn a little bit more about you. So how did, can you tell us, start by telling us a little bit more about yourself? Like how long have you been running and how did you originally get started? Um, I started running after I completed my first half marathon as a walker. And that was the Joshua Tree half marathon. That was a crazy marathon to complete as a first timer because it was in the evening. It's in the desert. Granted, it was in November of 2018, but it was uphill and it was sandy. And if it wasn't for my sister, Nellie, who um, I originally just signed up to, you know, you wanted, let's do something together as a family member. And she's a marathoner. So I was like, you come over and stay, hang out with us. And we do the Joshua Tree Half Marathon. And it was fun, but it was hard. Even she said it was like one of her hardest half marathons. One, because it was in the evening. Two, because it was uphill and sandy. And I think if, had it not been for her being my pacer, um, at the time I didn't even know what a pacer was, but she was my pacer. I probably would have just given up because it was hard. Mm -hmm. I, but, I love that you say that you became a runner after your first half marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's necessarily what most people would say. <laughs> uh -huh. Because I walked most of it, but we were walking my husband and then my husband signed up and he's my caregiver. So I think he, his original motive to sign up was to just make sure I was okay. And he kept an eye on me. That was his, that was his goal. Mm -hmm. So, but we would just train. We, we trained, um, under her and she, she belonged to a local running group and we did it. We, you know, from the point we started training until we did it, we were like, I can't believe we're doing this. You know, it's, and that was a life-changing moment for me. Uh, crossing that finish line, was a life-changing moment. It, it took us about three and a half hours, but it was, it was nice. And that's where she kind of incorporated running. So I was jogging some of it because I did finish it in three and a half hours. So after that, that's when I, I, le I learned to love that feeling of accomplishment when you cross the finish line so I was like let's sign up for another race but this time let's try and run it see if we can do it and cut our time 
And that's when um, my sister, who's an experienced runner, she's like, the mountains to beaches. That's a beautiful, famous run in Ojai, California. It starts off at in a small town uphill in the town, and then it goes downhill and ends up at the beach. So it's beautiful. A, a lot of people run that to qualify for the Boston Marathon because it's downhill. It's a fast race. Mm-hmm. So um, that was where I started running. That's when I, I guess that's when I considered myself a runner, but I, I probably started when I finished my first half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, what is it that kind of inspired you to want to do that first half? Um, I had an aha moment, like you say, um, August of 2017. I had been dealing with cancer since I have multiple myeloma and I was diagnosed in 2010 of July. And I was always struggling and I've been on so many different treatment regimens and clinical trials, a stem cell transplant. And I kind of said, I'm done with this. Maybe I can do something um, health-wise, nutrition-wise to help improve my outcome and my life and my longevity. And so I said, I tried I I became vegan, but not necessarily vegan, mostly plant-based, vegetarian. Um, And I started really watching what I eat, paying attention to my nutrition. And so after that, that's when I wanted to, I was like, well, I can do this now. Now maybe I can focus on my fitness. I can become stronger. I can make my bones stronger. And that kind of just started the path of my fitness journey. So I wanted to eat mindfully, like we say, and I wanted to get stronger um, as a way of uh, combating, you know, my illnesses. That's amazing. Uh, How did you, how did you come to that aha moment? Like, was there someone or something that you read or like, what is it that kind of made you decide, like, I'm kind of done with this. Like, I feel like there's got to be a better way here. I think we were just on Netflix one day um, and we came across this. I don't know if it was my son. I think it was my one of Xavier. He's the one that also introduced me to the podcast when we were training um, for the mountains to beaches. He's like, mom, I've got this new podcast that I've been listening to. It's real life runners. He's like, I'm so motivated. I'm so excited. Uh, you should listen to it. And then that's when I was like, okay, let me listen to that. And and that's how. Um, and then one day I was like, I started listening to your podcast. And then I was like, I need to listen to more things. I was like, I started listening to um, different uh, health podcasts that cover, you know, good eating, clean eating. And I came across a documentary on netflix it's called forks over knives Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard of it yes so i watched that one and i was like hmm and then just out of the blue watching it one evening i was like i'm just gonna try to be vegan for a while and it's like literally the next day i was like i'm done with animal products for a while 
granted, it's not for everybody. I'm not saying it's for everybody because I think we all have to tailor what we what we're fighting against and what we want with our health to our needs. Everyone's different. So um, for me, I thought I'd give it a try and I started feeling better and better and better. And that's what kind of something triggered in me to just keep on going and move forward. And then at that time I was on, I think I was on an antidepressant. I was on an anti-anxiety pill because you probably figured when you live with cancer for so long, you, you just, I think everyone that deals with cancer or some um, illness that's, um, that's chronic always faces some type of depression or anxiety because it, it, it's hard. It's hard. So I started, when I started eating healthy, I also said, well, let me see if I can wean myself off of these, these medications. And so little by little I did it. I started weaning myself off of it. And when I weaned myself off of the anxiety medications, I think because I was running and because I was exercising, I was able to get the endorphins that I was missing from, from the fitness as opposed to the medication. And that worked for me. Um, I'm not saying it can work for everybody. That's just worked for me. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I um, first, I want to say thank you to Xavier for recommending our podcast to you and bringing you into our world because I feel like you know, I mean, I, I feel like you're a blessing to the real life runners tribe to to our training team to our family and and just being able to watch you know your spirit and your you're just very inspirational to all of us so thank you to your son for introducing us to you um and i and i agree with you i think that you know like you said that that lifestyle is not necessarily for everyone right but you went into it out of that feeling of okay, let's just try this, right? Like this is a, this is something that I want to experiment with, which I think is a very healthy mindset to, for a lot of people to have. Like some people go into things and they think, okay, this is the solution. This is going to be it, you know? And you're like, okay, let me just see if this works. And then you were feeling better. So you kept doing it and then, okay, well, what about these medications? You know, and like, I, I love that kind of mindset, right? But that one initial aha that, then just leads, it just opens up the doors, right? And it just led you to more like healthy choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so then where, so where did your like fitness journey then start? Like, were you into fitness at all before, like before you were even diagnosed with multiple myeloma? Like, so prior to 2010, did you, were you into fitness or anything like that? Or had, did your fitness journey really begin at this point in time? Um. I was always into fitness because um, my three sons always played sports. Mm-hmm. My oldest played um, football in high school and um, they ran track and everything. And so I kind of incorporated that and I raised them into thinking, you know, when they turn 12, it's like, we're going to join the gym. You can work out. So I was always into fitness but not like I am now. I wasn't really a runner. Um, I did run a 5K at the LA Marathon back in back when I was 30, but that was it. Um, 
But it wasn't until 2017 when I really kind of took it seriously. It was like, you know, when you're like a parent, there's so much, then your kids are young, they're busy, you know, with sports and everything. It's like you can work out sometimes, you can't work out other times. So you kind of have to go with the flow. But being a real life runner member now has helped me realize that back then I could have did it had I just stayed consistent and worked things around. But um, I think people, um, it would help. I, I want to help people realize that even if you're on a busy schedule, if you have a lot to do, even like you said, I was listening to your coaching call this morning. If you can't do four rounds of the, of the training, do two. And sometimes I do that to where I'm like, oh, I've got to do four. But it's like, if you don't have time for four, you should do two. And that should be enough. And we shouldn't beat ourselves up mentally for it. Yes. Um, which I tend to do sometimes. So, yeah, it's so, that's so, that's so important. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, you know, I think that all of us kind of have that to some extent where we put these expectations on ourselves that are really high. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of that all or nothing thinking, you know, like if I don't do it all the way, then it's not good enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we do that a lot of different areas in our lives, like both in our fitness, in our parenting, you know, like if we don't make all of the meals homemade and organic and perfect and, you know, then, then we're failing as a parent, which is just obviously not true. You know, we, uh-huh. we have to be able to give ourselves that grace. Um, so I, I love that you, that you say that. So after you had your, you did the first half marathon with the Joshua tree and then you decided to do the Ojai. Was that also a half marathon, the Ojai race? Yes. Okay. And I, I cut my time by an hour. I think it was wow. seven because I started running. Yeah. yeah. It, so it was like, I think it was an average. I was looking back at it at an 11 something pace and I was like, wow. Yeah. But that, it was just an amazing moment. But then at that time also, I started getting the hip flexor pain. Um, and I think it's because as opposed to going from five to 10 to nine and building up, I went uh, with the half marathon and 13.1 all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Like, it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I think a lot of people do that too, you know, like they decide, and, 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 and this is, this is again, it back to that all or nothing thinking, right. Of like, um, if I'm going to be a runner, I'm going to do a marathon or I'm going to do a half marathon. And it's like, people want to jump so far in and then mm-hmm. they wonder why they get hurt or they wonder why they don't enjoy it. Or they wonder why, um, you know, they're tired all the time or these kinds of things. Right. And, and so many people I think are experience that same thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I learned the, I learned the hard way, but, um, I'm dealing with my hip flexor pain. It doesn't hurt in the front. And um, now it's just the lower back on the right side and it comes and goes. But I have learned I'm in a better place now because I'm listening to my body as opposed to pushing it. And I have great coaches. I have a great, great running coaches. And then I have a coach that I strength train, strength train with at mm-hmm. the gym. 
Um, and I've tailored that that down also because I was doing a boot camp that was an hour long. Now I do a 30 minute. It's like a hit class. Mm-hmm. And it's like 30 minutes of upper body one day and two days a week of legs. So I think it's a happy medium that I've, I've gotten to. That's good. So you're starting to kind of come away from that all or nothing and kind of give yourself that grace and that, that medium level. It's so hard though. I think we all struggle. (laughs) Yeah. I saw your, I saw your workout on Monday. I think it was the seven on seven. And I was like, man, I should do that. That one looks like a really good, nice challenge. But then I was like, no, but I've already worked out. But I was like, I think I even took a screenshot of that one and just like, maybe I can do that one. Yeah, I do that too. Like I'll, I'll take screenshots of like other people's workouts and like save them for another day, which is great. So tell us a little bit of like, um, you know, after those couple half marathons, then like, how is your training different now than when you first started? Like, you know, kind of the, the, the journey that you've been on since the beginning. Um, it's different because I'm more knowledgeable thanks to all of your podcasts, um, all of your training, the coaching calls. Um, I had no idea when I started those two half marathons and my husband and I still tell, say to this day, could you imagine if we would have been part of real life runners when we first started? (laughs) more successful we could have been at those half marathons it's just i had no idea everything from the cadence to the breathing to just the heart rate it's just i feel like i'm in a way better place now um and i'm still learning because every time we talk there's a coaching call every time there is a podcast there's so much to learn and I bet you, you feel the same way too, from just uh, listening to your team and, and the tribe. It's, there's just a lot to learn. So I just feel like I'm in a better place. And I feel like it's just made me a better person all around, not just as a runner, because when you, when you cover the podcast, you, um, you cover a lot more than just as it relates to running. You cover like as it relates to just being a family member, as it relates to being a human, you know, like you, it's just your podcast and your, and the whole tribe and the team, they, it's like, it's completed me. And it came at the best time. Like when you sent me that message, it was right after the pandemic hit and you were like, Nima, I think you would really enjoy being part of our team. And it was April. So it was right two weeks after the pandemic. And I was like, I told my husband, this is something I need. I need something. Everything's been canceled. We're just closed. I need this. And I really think this is going to help stay me focused, keep me focused. And it's going to help me stay sane. Mm -hmm. And it's helped me a lot. And I think that is, that's not only for me, but I think a lot of people feel this way. 
Well, thank you. I mean, that's that's really nice of you to say. And obviously, that's why we do what we do is to help people in their journey and to allow you to do the things that you want to do and feel better while doing them. You know, like that's the whole goal of real life runners in general. So thank you. I'm really glad that we've been able to help you um, in your in your life and in your training. Um, so tell us um, a little bit about those the struggles like tell us you know, I, I'm curious, you know, someone that has a chronic illness, right? Someone, you have, you have multiple myeloma, but it's not just that. You have other conditions as well, right? Yes. So what happens is, I guess, multiple myeloma is an incurable blood cancer for um, those who may not know that it's a cancer of the plasma cells. And so it weakens your bones. So I, when I was diagnosed it was after my second back fracture. I have yeah. two compression fractures, T6 and T8. And that's how a lot of multiple myeloma is diagnosed, unfortunately. Yes. And I look at him as a blessing now because had it not been for my fracture, who knows where I would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I also, after that, I started acquiring one autoimmune disease and another and then another. And I guessed from myeloma specialists that I've spoken to, I guess it actually could have been that I had the autoimmune diseases first and then that weakened my immune system and opened it up for me to get multiple myeloma. But um, so I have Sjogren's, which attacks my salivary glands. That's my autoimmune disease. Then I have Raynaud's which is kind of like it affects your hands and your feet. When you get too cold, it kind of changes the color of your feet, affects the circulation of your hands and fingers. And then um, it's kind of combined to where my doctor thinks it's mixed connective tissue disorder, where it's just a few autoimmune diseases just coming together, attacking your body. But the way I look at it is I just try not to focus on that part. I'm like, um, I try to look at it as like, well, I do focus on it by trying to eat um, as clean as I can. And I even try to incorporate meats back into my diet because I was following an autoimmune protocol diet. Mm -hmm. But that didn't work for me. I think that created more inflammation. So I'm back to eating um, mostly plant-based. Um, so that's how I deal with really running and exercise and just being part of a community, having a great support system, um, having a wonderful husband and children that are supportive, that I inspire. That keeps me going. and. I really try not to focus on my cancer and my diagnosis unless it stops me dead in my tracks, which it does sometimes, like when I have to have my treatment or when I have those extremely fatigued days. Like I will have days where I wake up and I literally just can't do anything and all I do is loaf around for that day. Mm. and Or I'll get my run in and then all of a sudden – it comes and it's like my energy just crashes. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done for the day. But then the next day I'm okay. My body's just like telling me 
you have to just stop now and then I listen to it and then just move forward. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's amazing. So would you say that, like, how, how does running kind of fit in there? You know, like how often do you have treatments? Uh, Right now they're every six weeks. Okay. And so, so how does running fit in? Do you find that like, like running that you have more challenges with your running and fitness because of this, or is it kind of the opposite that running and your fitness um, and your workouts really help you to combat some of that fatigue and some of those symptoms that you get from the, uh, the other conditions that you have? I, I see it as like what you said on one of your podcasts. I see those struggles as a blessing now because um, they help me push forward. Um, I try not to let it hold me back. So running fits into, I think running, I see that running has saved me. Running has literally saved me. It, sorry. No, please. It just gives me a lot. It does. It gives me mental clarity. Sometimes it relieves stress. It just does a lot for me. That's beautiful. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. And and it's like there's, um, I could be having a bad day or a bad morning. And, you know, when I read on, on the tribe that, you know, people running the struggle bus. I was running the struggle bus today because of the 5K that I did yesterday and I kind of pushed myself and my last mile was like at 8.38. And you know, that's super fast for me. That That's like, so this morning when I looked at my final surge and I saw, I was like, it's it, five easy miles. And then I was like, five. <laughs> I was like, five. And I was like, but... I just, the way I look at that when it's a long run, because I know we all struggle, um, I just say, oh, it's 2.5 up, 2.5 back. If it's a six miler, I say, oh, it's just a 5K up, 5K back. Um, but then once you get into it, it's, it really, for me, it's, it's been life changing. It's just, um, it's given me so much mentally because prior to my diagnosis, um, I did struggle with a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety. And so running has helped relieved, relieve a lot of that. And so when I go out there and whether I'm listening to the podcast, a coaching call, or just music, it just gives me time for myself and gives me time to reflect and look at just how this world is just so beautiful just to be able to run. Even though I have all these ailments and all these illnesses, I'm just fortunate that, like you said a couple of days or a week ago, I get to run. I get to do five miles. I used to tell my husband in the morning, I have to run five miles. It's not I have to run. So this morning I said, I'm going to run five miles. It's all in the matter of your mindset and how you look at it. And so, but once you're out there and after your first mile, everything changes. For me, everything changes after that first mile. 
the first mile is the hardest. And after that, it's like your body wakes up and just says, thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. It does. it does. That's, that's so beautiful. Like I just, I, I love that because I think that a lot of people feel that way about running, you know, if they've allowed themselves to actually experience the the benefits and the beauty that running can give, you know, a lot of runners and this is, you know, what we try to help people with a lot is like, they'll just go out and they just push, 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 right. Every day, harder, harder, harder. And they end up injured and burnt out and not enjoying it. Like that doesn't, that's not enjoyable, you know, and to be able to have the, the things that you're experiencing, you have to train a little bit differently. And it just makes me so happy that you've been able to gain those benefits from running and allow those benefits to then seep into the other areas of your life as well. Yes. It's like an LT is an L2 is fun now. My favorite runs are L2s. Even if <laughs> even if they're six, seven miles, eight miles, I see a few eight milers coming up my way. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah. you can do it, you know, like it wouldn't be on your plan if you couldn't do it. And um, when Nima is talking about L2, for those listeners that may not know, um, she's talking about effort-based running. And we, um, when we assign runs, some of our runs are based on effort. So it's like on a scale of one to 10, how hard should you be pushing that day? So an L2 would be an easy run um, and being able to learn what an easy pace is for you and your body and how that can allow you to be able to run further than you have ever been able to run before because you're actually slowing down and listening to your body and, and taking it easy. Mm -hmm. It's like you're coasting. It makes you, and I didn't realize that until I started paying attention to your, to the effort base mm -hmm. that you're coasting. It yeah. allows you to coast and it makes you feel like you can run forever. Yeah. That's such a great feeling too. Yeah. Um, so where do you, where do you see your running journey going? Um, I've thought about that. Um, I know I'm signed up for a 10K for our Run Your Life uh, race, our virtual race. Um, but then I was like, wow, I want to do that in a, in a sub 30. But even if I don't do it in the sub 30, if I'm close, I've chosen. You mean a, a 10K or a 5K? A 10K. Oh, 10, not sub 30. Oh, yeah. No, a sub 60. Sub 60. Okay. Yeah. I almost did the sub uh, 30 yesterday. It was 30, 39. Yeah. You were so close. <laughs> I know. Um, my son, I think he slowed down a little bit towards the end and I didn't want to leave him behind. So it was like, it's a tough one. I was like, he just did it. He did it with me. So, and he's come a long way. He, he ran a, a 5k last year in October. And he ran it in 47 minutes, 47 something minutes. So he's really come a long way. Mm -hmm. and, and he hated running back then. Um, so now he understands that run, he's, he's come to love running. And when he stresses, when he's stressed out, he's like, I need to go for a run. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And that's my oldest son too. And Xavier too. He's the one that that loves running too. They, they've all, I guess they've all seen me run and they're like, if mom can run, maybe I can do it too. And now they're running. So all three of my boys are runners. So, so you've inspired the whole family. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, it was funny when we went to the Ojai, the mountains, to be beaches run to the half. My sister did the full marathon, and she was questioning it because she hadn't trained for, for a full marathon, even though she's done a lot of them. And then my husband, my Xavier, and I, we ran the half marathon. And we all, we, we all had good times, and it was fun to just, we would walk into some places, and they're like, oh, the whole family's running. <laughs> so it, it was nice to see that. They're like, you guys are really a running family. So it, it was nice to see that. I love that so much because I mean, isn't that, that's so great, right? Like for your family to be known as the healthy running family. Like, I mean, I know that that's one of the ways that we're kind of known too. And that makes me super happy. I noticed that with your children too. So as far as my running, I think after the 10 K I'll either shoot for, um, continue to shoot for a sub uh, 60 or maybe try a 15K, so build up to it. I did tell myself I wasn't ever going to do another half, but since I'm pain-free now, basically, I maybe I do want to run a half marathon. So nice. That's nice. Where I, I'm not sure about a full marathon, but I don't know. You've run a, a full marathon, right? Have you run a full marathon? No, I have not yet. Yeah, so I don't know if I want to or not, but that's in the that's in the future. But yeah, Kevin Kevin's done Kevin's done a bunch, and Kevin's even won a full. Um, he won the yeah he won the Fort Lauderdale full marathon in twenty seventeen. Um, but I have not yet tackled that distance just because I know how much is involved with it, how much training and how much dedication and commitment, and not only for just um just the training itself, but it's also all of the recovery that people don't always take into consideration. I think, um, you know, going out and running for hours and hours on the weekends, that's, that's one thing, right? That's, but I think that it's how you have to take care of your body in order to recover from all of those things to make sure that you don't get injured. Um, that also takes up a lot of time and commitment and other things. Um, and you know, being a mom of two kids, it's just not something that I've wanted to take on at this point yet. You know, a lot of people do it. And, and I, like you said before, I'm not saying that anybody's wrong and this is just my choice of, you know, how I want to live and what I want to do right now. I I'm sure, like, I know that I'll do a full marathon at some point in time. Um, I just don't know when that's going to be yet. <laughs> I think for mine, it's, I'll stick to a 10 and a 15 and then possibly another half marathon. Yeah. But it would have to be an easy one, like the mountains to beaches where it's like downhill and beautiful. You could come, you could come down to Florida. It's flat as a pancake down here. It is? Wow. Yeah. Lots. Of, there's like no hills whatsoever down here. I know. Everywhere you run over here, there's a hill. So it's like uphill on the way back. There's no places. I've even heard people at the gym say, First of all, everyone that I talk to at the gym says, I hate running. And I don't understand that. It's beyond me, but people hate running. And then they're like, someone actually said that they don't run in Marietta because it's too hilly. But yeah, it is. There's, there's a lot of hills here. So. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for people that run in hilly locations because whenever I run in hilly locations, I, I know it's, it's very difficult for me, you know, and, and that's probably because I'm used to being on flatland, you know, down here in Florida, my body's not used to the hills at all. Mm -hmm. So I think that we, you know, obviously our bodies adapt to whatever demands we decide to place on them. And, um, you know, it's so funny because so many people I talk to also say that, you know, I hate running that. I would never run unless I was being chased by something or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Right. Um, but at, I always like to say like, well, maybe, maybe you've just never done it right. Like not, you, maybe you've just never done it the right way because a lot of times people go out and they push too hard and they hate it because it doesn't feel good. Right. But when you, when you start to find some of those, like the, the easy levels or some of the interval training or the things that you now have experienced, you get to find the fun in it. You get to find the nuance. You get to see that actually experience that runner's high that people talk about. Oh my um, God. I did for that. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't even drink coffee. So it's like, uh, when I get my runner's high, that keeps me going for hours. And it's like, and I've had people tell me, they're like, you're crazy. You run, you run a lot. Or my, my future son-in-law says, what did he say one time? He's like, why do you run so much? He said, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> like running to escape something. And then I'm like, you don't know it until you try it. And until you experience that high, and that release, it's like, then that's when, and then, and then my son tells him, his fiance says, yeah, that's why he, and then he says, oh yeah, you are a much better person after your run. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the difference. I, yeah. And I think you've told, I, there was a podcast where you told, where you were talking about Kevin and you were encouraging him to go for his run and it was <laughs> dropped his oatmeal and stuff and I was like oh I can totally relate so when my <laughs> husband sees that I have to go for a run he's like he, ne he never stands in the way especially with my treatments because when I get my treatments I have to take steroids so that week when I get my treatments I'm kind of an on an emotional roller coaster because of the steroids you're kind of up and down mm -hmm. and so they kind of know, but I take advantage of the steroids and I know that I'm going to have a good run that next day. So that's the way I look at it. I'm going to have a good run and I'm going to have, I'm going to clean my house really good. I love it. You're like, I'm going to take that energy that the steroids are giving me and put it to use. Yes, because then the next <laughs> day I will crash and I know I'm not going to be able to do anything. So it's kind of like a, a cycle and I, there's my myeloma friends that belong to my support group, they say the same thing. It's kind of like you're in a, a bipolar state that you have to kind of just learn how to take advantage of because you're up and you're down, you know, mm. and it's like, and I understand it because I have, I deal with mental illness. So no disrespect to anyone with mental illness because I suffer from it. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you've been able, by the sounds of it, you know, you've been able to 
manage it, you know, and you've been able to manage all of these things, not just the mental side of things, but also this physical side is understanding that your body is going through these cycles. And how do how do you need to respond to that, you know, allowing yourself to have the rest when you're when you have those days when you just feel wiped out and understanding that that's okay, you know, that you just need to rest that day and that you'll be better the next day. Um, And I think that that is such a powerful thing is you just learning to listen to your body and then honoring it and giving yourself the space to do what your body is telling you to do. Yes. Yes. That, that plays a a big part in everything. Um, It's taken me a while. You know, it has because you've been my coach for a while, but it's like I was doing boot camps at first and doing all this other stuff. And it, it, even sometimes now, I think it's with all of us that are runners and athletes, we kind of tend to push ourselves. I know I, I can be an overachiever and everything. Has, and like you said this morning, I have to have a checkoff list for everything. And it's like, yeah, I have a to-do list for everything. And it's like sometimes I wake up and my mind is racing about with all the things that I have to do. And then I'm like, stop. And then I go out and run and it makes it all better. And sometimes if I have all those things, I'm still holding on to them mentally. When I start my run, my heart rate tells me. My heart rate has gone up. I'll like start running and I'm just like a few a few yards or a few feet from the house and my heart rate will read like 190 or 200. And it's because I've left the house with everything in my head what you have to do, what, you know, everything you have to do. For me, it's like doctor appointment back to back for this doctor appointment for this. And um, then I just kind of stop, regroup, breathe a little bit. My heart rate goes back down to like 120. And then I start an easy jog again. And that's happened to me so many times, but I, I have it wasn't until I started really following the effort-based level training that I learned to how to manage that. It was another aha moment. It's like, okay, I can t- take a walking break because Angie said she takes walking breaks on her long runs on Saturdays and she looks forward to them. I'm going to start looking forward to them too. And so now I look at it as that, like, okay, I have a six miler, but I can take a walking break if it becomes too much for me. So it's kind of like when you said what the mindset, it's kind of like turning it all around so we can benefit us because we have to do it in order to improve ourselves and our lives. So let's just try to make the best of it. That's the way I try to look at things. And really and truly I look at like my cancer diagnosis because before that I was working, I was running, doing a lot, and I never stopped. It's kind of like helped me look at things in, in a different perspective. It's taught me how to, uh, pre- to appreciate life, appreciate family, appreciate time, appreciate how it's okay not to just be going, going, how sometimes it's okay just to sit in front of the TV and veg for a little bit. You know, it's like, we have to or learn how to appreciate these things. And granted, I don't always follow that, but <laughs> I try, you know. Yeah. 
That's so beautiful. I just, I, I love hearing you talk about that stuff. And I think that, I hope that people will take this story, you know, take your story and apply it to their lives. And, and, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I think that it takes something so drastic, right? Like a cancer diagnosis, um, or, you know, for some people it's the loss of a loved one, or it's, it's a, um, a major health scare. Like, you know, for, for Kevin and I, you know, it was was Kevin starting to have seizures, you know, and it's, it's, it takes these, these major things for us to just like get knocked upside the head and wake up to all the beauty that life really is giving us on a daily basis. So, you know, my hope would be that people can hear these stories, especially yours right now and start to appreciate life more, start to take a step back and allow themselves the grace to listen to their body and not be so darn hard on themselves all the time. I know it's, I, I just consider myself fortunate that I'm at the place I'm at now and that I have this mindset that I do now because I've been through so much since my diagnosis. I've been through like a clinical trial. I've been through numerous chemotherapy regimens that have been successful. Then my numbers start creeping up. I've been through um, treatments where they have I, I was in the hospital for six days when I had a treat, a clinical trial that um, basically put me into sepsis because I was that allergic to it and I, the fever wouldn't break and I've been fighting for my life and I just consider myself fortunate to be where I am now. Um, and I just want people to, to hold on, to see, even if you're struggling, like we, we all tend to complain. Like I complain, my husband complains, well, we're like so busy and we're like, and then I tell him, well, why are we complaining? Or why are we complaining about this? We should probably look at it in a different way because for everything that's happened, there's some good in that we can learn from. Like, for instance, like when my father passed away, and I know the tribe and the team was really good about giving their support, and everyone was supportive. But it ha- had it not been for running, because my dad was really sick, and he was, it took him six weeks before he passed away, and he was in bed, and we would go back and forth to L.A., to visit him and it was so hard but during that time what kept me going was my runs literally what kept me going was my runs it, it was the only escape I was like god I can't control anything the only thing I can control is going out there and running and sometimes I would go out there and run and I'd be like in tears or get choked up but I'd be like you know what this is what's keeping me right now. This is what's keeping me going. And it did. And I was, I'm so thankful for it. It's literally like when I say it over and over again, running and working on my fitness has literally saved my life. That's what's keep, what's kept me going. That's beautiful. That's so powerful. I think for, 
you know, for all of us. And I think that people are definitely going to be able to connect to that. So thank you so much for sharing your story, your struggles, everything that you've been through on this journey so far. Um, we are all blessed that you are a part of the Real Life Runners family and that you have been willing to share your story with us today. It is so powerful. So thank you, Nima. This is, I appreciate. I, 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 I knew this interview was going to be good, but I, it's exceeded my expectations. Um, I'm just so honored because it literally is, you guys have helped save my life. Like even my, I told my husband the other day, I was like, they put way more in Kevin and Andy put way more in than what you pay into this. The, what you guys give you know to the community it's like it's it's literally saved me so I hope that you know, so when people ask and people are like what can I do I'm always like you should become part of the team and that's what Aaron said when Aaron was uh, debating on signing up and Xavier my son is still debating and I'm like you don't know what you're missing you know, and then, <laughs> so when Erin signed up, she was questioning it. And that first week she was like, Nima, she's like, I can't thank you enough. She's like, I had no idea. This is well worth the money. And I was like, I told you, I told you. <laughs> well, thank you. And that's very sweet. Um, and, you know, we obviously thank you. That's all I can say. So Nima, as we wrap this up, um, what would you like our listeners to take away from this interview? I, I know that they're already going to take away so much, um, so much goodness that you've shared with us today. But if you could just, you know, leave us with one thought, what would it be? It would be to always hold on to hope because if you have hope, and you hold on to hope and you look at things in a positive way, it, it makes everything better. Um, I also would like to, you know, I also try to look at things in a positive way, like have a, a good perspective on things. And I would just like everyone to know that if we respect each other, if we're kind to each other, if we we are we all care about equality about respect about love and kindness for everyone everyone in this world that we can all just like our tribe and our team we can make this a, a better place one by one cuz just one person being kind and respectful and treating anybody any person of any color of any origin with kindness and love. If we just do that one by one, we can make this world a better place. That's all. Amen to that. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. So I think that's a perfect place for us to end this. So Nima, thank you so much again. Thank you for giving Thanks. us your time and sharing your journey with us. And, um, we just can't wait to continue to see where your running journey takes you and your health journey takes you and um, all the good that you're, that you still have left to bring to this world. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, 
you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.